Good morning, everybody. This is Judith Echo. You're listening to Mad Love. Mm. Hold on. I needed a little water. Sounding a little thick and sluggish. What's going on, everybody? Uh, let's get into it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Fortuitously, my neighbor gave me those bed pads, and they've really come in handy. I mean, I know that they say you need to manifest, you know, big things in your life, but um, I don't know. He, it was just so, I don't believe in coincidences. It was just unbelievable. He just showed up with these giant bed pads. And I have been struggling with getting up with her in the night because she just is, you know, she can't control anything. And like, I, I I almost wonder if she even realizes she has to go to the bathroom. I think she just wakes up so disoriented. And, uh, yeah, they saved the day twice. So, I mean, I just need to attract, you know, better things. But that was awesome. (laughs) I really have been using those. And, uh, you know, I have to change her sheets. I had to do it again today. I had to change her sheets while she was in the bathroom. Because it's weird. Like, for my mom... She doesn't remember a lot, obviously, but she's very attached to the way things are, if that makes sense. So as soon as she sees you touching her bed or changing her sheets or anything like that, she goes off. So it it was uh, just, it really worked out that I was able to like, boom, 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 get it done really quickly. Uh, she was quite hostile yesterday. Uh, the violence, you know, I'm just not that into it. It's not like she scares me, but she she did scratch the... I got too close, but I had to stop her. She was headed towards the kitchen to do God knows what. And there's a mood that she gets in that you just worry for her safety. And she stayed in the bathroom for hours and hours, and I, I really literally had to... to, to almost pull her out of there I'm like you've cleaned you've done your quote-unquote work it's time to get out and she just she did not want to get out of there she was very um adamant that she had all this work to do in the bathroom and it was it was a situation so then as I pulled her out she got super upset and just how to punch you and so like she pulled her hand back to punch me but even she knows she doesn't have any power and boy, she but she got nails, man, and she scratched the crap out of me um, several times. But I had to keep her, you know, from heading into the kit. I didn't know what she was gonna do. Hmm. Sorry, forgot to take some medicine. But you know, it was like, what? What was she gonna do? I don't know. So I stopped her, and she scratched the hell out of me it looks like they finally went down i had a bunch of like marks yesterday i don't know i have a meeting with an attorney i gotta figure something out i i will i refuse to spend my 2024 like this so things are gonna change i don't know the details yet but um she probably will have to go someplace um and I just have to figure out, you know, the Medicaid situation. Uh, that's why I'm going to talk to an attorney. It's just, uh, it's way too complicated. And if nothing else, I think people need to understand because no one's going to break it down or talk about it. 
the government is so busy funding all these other things. I'm not sure that they're even keyed into how old and decrepit and sick the population is going to be and what we can do about it. Somebody, I'm not sure how we're making money from sending so much to Ukraine, but clearly there's a reason for, for that. Um, but I would love it if they would focus on the fact that most people cannot afford memory care for their loved one. All these buildings are going up and you see the facilities and you think, great. But then you, I saw one the other day and I was like, let's see, that looks cool. Seven grand a month, a month. You don't have to be a rich person. You could be doing really, really well. Well, you have to be a rich person to pay that cash, but you could be doing really well. Like you did all the right things and, you know, everything's going good. And and then your parent gets sick and it's like, well, what do we do? How do you, what do you, how do you cover it? And then you got to have a job that's flexible that allows you to care give as part of the negotiation. And nobody's really talking about these things. You know, they want to put child care places on site. How about adult daycares on site? You know, it's just, it's so, it's going to be horrible. And I don't understand why no one's talking about it or arming people with information. So if you have a loved one and you know that you really can't afford, you know, five, six grand a month, Uh, you might want to look into what Medicaid looks like in your state just to be prepared. You know, if they're already on disability, then that's probably really a step that you don't have to worry about as hardcore. But if they're not, if they need to get on Medicaid and get into the health, uh, in, in Missouri, it's called Missouri Health Net, to get into that system, I mean, it's something. And you have to think about, okay, well, I live in San Diego and my mom lives in Tennessee. Do I move my mom out here? And if I do, what are the ramifications to her, um, you know, Medicaid? Medicaid and Medicare are different things. Medicare covers a lot of the medical stuff from the doctor and the hospital. But um, anything long-term and chronic will have to go through Medicaid. It's certainly something like dementia. So just keep in mind what you're going to do. Just have an action plan, because I didn't. Um, Me and my siblings did not see this coming uh, for her at all. So anyway, enough of that. It is... uh Uh-oh. I I minimized my screen, and I thought it stopped. It looks crazy, though. It's a crazy disease. I don't want it. And it is challenging to deal with, but, uh, you know, you got to just not let it run your whole life. So yesterday I saw something fascinating and I was like, I can't wait to podcast this. So let me see if I can find the numbers. Here we go. So there's a great uh, guy on Twitter who uh, I want to say it's uh, Quiver Quant or something like that. Anyway, he has made it his mission to follow politicians' money in terms of investments. Like, how do they, you know, the Nancy Pelosi numbers uh, I, I found on his site. Um, how do you, you know, justify all of these people in 
politics. It's quiver, quiver quanti- quantitative. That's hard to say, quiver quantitative. Uh, but it is quiver quant on Twitter. So, uh, politicians' personal profits. Get ready. Now, you know I've been all over Nancy Pelosi, right? This group includes Republicans and Democrats. To be fair, it looks like it's more Republicans, but not by many. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven Republicans, and one, two, three, four, five, six. No, it's 14, even and even. Um, So the first person to make the most money, personal profits, it looks like um, basically their personal wealth has grown. This isn't necessarily saying it's from the stock market, but we know Nancy Pelosi's is. She's not even first. She's not even second. Someone named Susan K. Delbean. I don't, I've never even heard of this person. D-E-L-B-E-N-E. This person's wealth has grown to, look at this. Hold on. Oh, these numbers are too little. 70 million. Their personal wealth has grown 70 million while they've been in office. The next person is someone, a Republican. That was a Democrat, by the way. 70 million. Someone uh, named Roger Williams. His growth is, man, these pictures are too small. Here we go. 48.5 million. And then Nancy Pelosi comes in at 34 million. Her time in office, her personal wealth has grown up, grown 34 million. Then there's another Democrat, Josh Gothheimer, Gottheimer, 23 million. Another Democrat, Lori Trahan, twenty million. William R. Keating, another Democrat. His personal wealth has gone up fifteen million since he's been in office. Um, the the next one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six people are Republicans, including one from Missouri. Uh, someone named Jay French Hill, uh, nine point nine million. Carol Miller, 9.6 million. Ken Calvert, what is that? 8.4 million. Ann Wagner, who's from Missouri, 7.9 million. Ralph Norman, 7.1 million. John Curtis, 5.9 million. Seth Moulton, Moulton, Democrat, 5 million. Amy Barra, Democrat, what is this, 14, no, that's too high, 4.9 million. And then Kelly Armstrong, another Republican, uh, 4 million. Isn't that insane? And this is the estimated change in net worth from 2018 to 2022. Isn't that crazy? What are they doing? And this isn't to de- this isn't just to Democrats or just to Republicans. This is to all of these politicians. What are you doing in addition to your job that you can make an extra seven mil? You can grow your wealth in four or five years over millions of dollars. Are they just you know? Is it? Just the stock market, 
is it lobby money? Like, what is it? And politicians are just big old grifters. I saw those numbers and I was like, what? 70 million? I've never even heard of this lady. So we got to look her up. D-E-L-B-E-N-E. Delbene. I don't know. I think I'm saying that right. I'm not sure. But that sounds crazy, right? That's a lot of money. Oh, the other thing, Norman Laird passed away yesterday. And I have such mixed feelings about it. Um, Because I grew up on a lot of Norman Lear TV, and there's no doubt that he was very influential in my life. And I enjoyed a lot of his television shows at the time. I really did. But the more I watch Good Times, the more I'm like, this shit is not being ironic. Like, these are not good times. This is fucking sad. And it was the issue. This is the issue for me that made it uh, tenuous. So John Amos was realizing that Jimmy Walker was just becoming super famous for dynamite. And they worked it into every episode. After the first episode, eventually, you could hear... the. Well, after the first episode, they introduced the concept of J.J. saying dynamite. Then they just went to it all the time. And it started to bother John Amos because it started to be like, this is turning into not what I signed up for. This is like some sort of coon show. And you got to give John Amos credit. The first time I saw him, um, well, it was on Good Times, but I realized as an adult, he was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. He was Gordy, the weatherman. And he had the choice to go to this show, uh, Good Times, and he was in Roots. I remember, I think he was Toby. Um, he was in Roots, and I and I think um, Mary Tyler Moore had offered him a little bit of a role, uh, more recurring, and then he got a chance to do Good Times, and he took Good Times. But he wound up getting fired from Good Times because he was upset that the character became such a coon. Like, J.J. was... So if you watch a show after J.J., it's totally different than when uh, after after um, James dies. It's totally different. Spoiler alert. Sorry, it's a 60-year-old show. Um, so when James goes, the show just totally turns into the Jimmy Walker, J.J. hour, and it is atrocious and terrible. And that is what I have a hard time with. It's like Norman Lear, you put the show on, but you got greedy for the ratings. You you had all these noble intentions at first, but then it was like, I'm not going to listen to um, anybody whose experience this might be. I'm just going to go because this kid is making all the money. I mean, Dino Might, I remember he was everywhere. It was like um, just all over. You could buy kids' books. You could buy lunch boxes. You could buy anything with Dino Might on it. And so, um, yeah, I just have mixed feelings about that. And it's that whole thing where I'm going to give you something and you should just be happy that you have it. Like you have a show, so you should just be happy that you have a black family show. Why does the father have to be strong and smart and uh, holding his family together? Because that's what John Amos, he was like, I took a role to be the dad of 
this historical TV family, and now you got the son talking crazy, and the dad is losing more and more power. And they made it seem like he was jealous because he wanted lunchboxes. And when you hear him say it, he's like, no, nah, I just wanted the, the show that I signed on to to be the show. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Norman Lear might have had good intentions. He obviously employed a lot of people of color and a lot of women. And he was very influential in the 70s. And I don't know. I grew up on his shows. I appreciate what he did. But then, like I said, there's a part of Good Times that's just borderline racist. And it's like, listen to the theme song. Hanging in a good time. None of the stuff they sing about is good. Temporary layoffs. Good time. That is not good. Easy credit ripoff. Good time. Scratching and surviving. Like, what's fun? That's not a good time. And it's like, are you being funny? Are you being ironic? Like, I don't know. So, I don't I have mixed feelings. It's just like the Cosby show. I love the Cosby show. Now, all I think when I watch it, and I can't watch it anymore, it's like, well, who got raped to be on this episode? You know? Stuff is not holding up under scrutiny for me. And I appreciate and respect his career. But uh, I do have a bone of contention with good times. I really do. Good time. Hey, nothing about this. None of that was good times. It was really almost depressing. I guess you couldn't call it depressing times, but, you know, I don't know. That's my take on that. All right, everybody. (laughs) Hanging in a jamming. Scratching and surviving. What is fun about that? I mean, and it's funny too because I remember people, I remember a white person I worked with, she grew up, you know, and didn't know a lot of black people. And she was like, you know, it was just so sad. Like their whole house was made of like cinder blocks. And I was like, yeah, that's the project. And don't look over here because I have never lived in no project. Don't start grilling me and asking me a bunch of questions, because I don't know. I didn't live in the projects. I didn't grow up visiting anybody in the projects. I don't know anything about the projects. So, anyway, it has been a delight. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. I appreciate it. Um, My friend Kelly gave me a really wonderful compliment yesterday about the podcast. My sister always uh, lets me know she listens to every um, point because she must write it down because she's like you said this this and this and I appreciate it you guys thank you so much for listening I really do appreciate the feedback and the numbers are still growing so I'm very encouraged uh, I really plan to grow the podcast just a little bit more uh, next year um, and I said that last year and I know but I shit got derailed I mean, if you are a caregiver, you know what I'm talking about. It just, you have to make your plans around that person. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not willing to concede any more ground to this um, in 2024. So we'll see how it goes. But I definitely promise to to grow the platform, to finish my book, to get some music produced with my group and my team, and just try to get back into my life 
in some uh, recognizable way because it has really been co-opted by this caregiving thing. And I, I feel like it's been the right thing to do. But I, you know, I'm not trying to get in scratch fights, just uh, give you a little bit of breakfast in your medicine. So <laughs> I'm not trained for that. Because, you know, even though I didn't want to swing back, there are times where I'd be like, if you punch me, I'm going to punch. And you have to, like, hold yourself back, like, restrain yourself. But I really didn't have that urge yesterday. It's just really more than anything sad. And I don't understand how we just are going to let, like, millions of people uh, suffer like this. There's no quality of life here. She has no quality of life. And whoever winds up taking care of them, you know, if if you can't afford the help, you have no quality of life. So I don't know. It's a lot. But, yeah, I do promise to, you know, not be full of shit and, like, keep my keep my word. But I'll be frank. It's really hard to set goals and be intentional when you're a caregiver because your day just gets hijacked, especially last year. You know, remember, it wasn't until Jan- it wasn't until February that we finally started getting sleep. And so that was helpful, but we still got a long way to go. I still had a very busy and active year um, with her and her issues. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot. Anyway, no excuses. All right, everybody, have an amazing day. It's December the 7th. Gosh, let's get going. All right, take care.